Today on Focal Point with Pastor Mike Fabares. We have access to uh, someone who's more powerful than all the cosmic powers that are out to try and derail your Christian life or your joy or your fruitfulness or your faithfulness. You, you have something much more powerful than that. You have the creator of all things and your connection with him is for you to be alert and sober and persevering in your prayers. There's a spiritual war raging in today's hostile culture. So how are you protecting yourself and your family against the attacks? Well, today, Pastor Mike Fabares reminds Christians about the remarkable access we have to the all-powerful creator of the universe through prayer. It's the greatest and most underutilized weapon in the battle against evil. I'm your host, Dave Drewey. And if you're a fan of 1980s movie trivia, you'll enjoy the start of Pastor Mike's message called Powerful Praying, Needful Lessons for Life's Ups and Downs. Back in the 1980s, Sean Connery uh, uttered a memorable line on screen when he held a shotgun in his hand and he reminded his opponent and filmgoers that it's foolish for his opponent to bring a knife to a gunfight. And... Um, that's always been a good line, I think. Just It is kind of foolish to bring a knife to a gunfight. <clears throat> Not very effective. But sadly, I fear that um, that is probably how you're living. Uh, you are up against more than you think, and you're trying to live that Christian life, if you are a Christian, um, with a knife in your hand. And um, this is not a uh, knife fight. Let me give you a couple passages that may tie this together for you. Uh, first... Peter chapter 5, let me just remind you of this text, in verse uh, number 8, it says that we have an enemy, an adversary, and he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, that's not just like there's a coworker out to get you. Uh, that's not just like there's a problem that you got with the IRS. I mean, this, is, uh, this is a supernatural being, right, that is uh, out to put you in his crosshairs. Of course, he's got a big team, so he's probably not dealing with you personally, but Speaking of his team, it says over there in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that the wrestling that we have, <clears throat> we may have trials and difficulties and illnesses and problems and you know, arguments and issues and whatever, disappointments, but the real wrestle that we have is really not against stuff you can see. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against these principalities and powers. And here's a line, against these cosmic forces, right, uh, that, that are permeating this, this present darkness. And then this line, the, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, right? Now, those are some pretty serious guns that are after you. And, and you respond with a knife. I mean, that's our tendency, right? Which is, well, let me see who I can talk to and let's see what I can do. And how can I negotiate something with these people? And, and what can I do to get a better argument going with this? Or, or how, how can I, you know, can I, can I call a doctor or a lawyer? And we, we think, well, these are the, we, we get temporal solutions to what is ultimately a spiritual problem, even though the spiritual forces are utilizing human and temporal means to affect my life. We need a shotgun, right? We need something much bigger. 
And then over there in uh, Ephesians 6, after he says we're wrestling against these cosmic forces and these, these spiritual, you know, these, these entities that, are, that exist outside the realm that you can see, he ramps up into this, and it's a great statement, and it's worth me reading it so I don't miss a word of it. It says, we need to be praying at all times in the Spirit. This is the culmination, the, the, the punchline of this all. With all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making prayers or supplication for all the saints. And you guys need to be praying, you be praying for each other. We have access to uh, someone who's more powerful than all the cosmic powers that are out to try and derail your Christian life or your joy or your fruitfulness or your faithfulness. You, you have something much more powerful than that. You have the creator of all things and your connection with him is for you to be alert and sober and persevering in your prayers. You should bring a shotgun to a gunfight. <laughs> uh, that's what you ought to bring. And, and we have one available. My goal here this morning as we get into a busy time of the year is to, to help you. And I'd like to help you by looking at a passage found in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. And in this passage, I think I can give you some hope and some help. But I warn you, in this text, there's a lot here. And there's trees that look funny, and if you look at those trees too closely, although we should and we, kid, we could and we have and we will, but if you look at individual trees too closely, you'll miss the forest, and the forest is about praying, and it's about your prayer life. So if you could not be distracted with the questions that surface, although we'll address some, there's a lot in this text from beginning in verse 13 to ending in verse 18 that are all about you and I being encouraged and motivated to pray. And if you're a Christian, you know you need that. And so many good Christians and, and great preachers have said it better than I could, but the idea of us as Christians, this is what we do, right? This is what we do. Spurgeon said that the cobbler is about shoes, right? Christians should be about prayer. You know, it's like asking, does a soccer player run around and, and, and on grass and kick a ball? I mean, yes, of course. Well, do, do Christians pray? Well, yes, of course. This is what we do. This is our, our expression of our relationship with the living God. So turn in your Bibles, if you haven't already, to James chapter 5. Let's start in verse 13, and I want to read for you from the English Standard Version this text of Scripture that really is all about prayer, which I think is obvious from the first word, although we lose it in some of the details of this text. I'll read it for you, starting in verse 13. If anyone among you is suffering, it reads, James 5, 13, let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Well, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Let's start with verse 13 and see what we can find here. If you're suffering, you ought to pray. That, I think, is the easiest thing that happens to us when we are suffering. We think, oh, man, if God were here, he could fix it. If God knew, he could fix it. If God were involved, he could fix it. Because when we suffer, it's reflexive, it's natural to respond by saying, I, I need to pray. So that's not so difficult for us in the sense that we, we know that. What, what's difficult is what comes next. 
And what it's doing is setting up for us what you might call a, an inclusio, a, a set of bookends, something that shows us that no matter where you are in the spectrum between suffering and cheer, right, the, the response is the same. And I know you don't think the response is the same, but let's read the second half of verse 13 again. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Okay. Unfortunately, you may not see singing praise as a subset of the concept of prayer, but it is. This is the Greek word, not that it matters, I suppose, but it may help us. It's the Greek word that's transliterated the Psalms. It's in a verbal form. So it's a, let him psalm, right? Let him, let him express the Psalms. Let him do the Psalm stuff. Well, what is the Psalm stuff? Well, it's an Old Testament hymn book where they're all talking to God, right? They're expressing to God their, in this case, he's, this gets us to think because the word itself is about praise. Now, the word that translates it in the Old Testament, it's a word you're familiar with in Hebrew, it's the word hallelujah. You're familiar with that word. Hallelujah is a compound, maybe you've heard this before, but here you, you need to think through what praise is. If you sing praise, it almost sounds like when I was with you last time talking about Thanksgiving, it can sound like something that just kind of happens as an attitude of feeling, but it's not. It, it has an object, right? Hallel is, is the Hebrew word praise, right? Lu is the part of the word that is expressing a plural inclusion of what you should do. It's a command to everyone. Everyone should do this. Hallel, everyone should, right? Yah. Yah is the abbreviation, as many of these compound Hebrew words do, of the proper name of God. Yahweh. Yahweh. Yahweh, right, should be the one you praise. Everyone should praise Yahweh. Hallelujah. It's translated in our English text as, as praise the Lord. It implies the second person plural, but praise you all the Lord. It's always about the Lord. It's always about me saying to God, you are great for doing this thing that made me cheerful. Right? Prayer, specifically, is me petitioning God when something is hurting. So I'm hurting, I'm suffering, and I'm saying, hey God, this is, this is hard, this hurts. So on the end of the spectrum, when I think about my pain, it's easy for me to think, yeah, I, I, I'm a Christian, I should be asking God to, to help me or to fix it. On the other end, though, it's about prayer as well, but it's saying things were good this week, things were good today, and, and I should be expressing to God, which is what prayer is, expressing to God that I'm, I'm grateful. I should be hailing God. I should be giving glory to God. I should put the spotlight on God. I should, be, I should be saying to God, God, that's good that you did this. Over here on the suffering side is, God, I wish that you would do this. But what's common in both of those is that they're both prayer. They're both saying, God, hey, God, okay. Um, I just want us to recognize that the spectrum of life, whether you had a great week last week, you should be praying. Whether you had a terrible week last week, you should be praying. Right? The content is different, but it's all about praying. It's all about taking our thoughts and directing them to God. If you've been in our partners program, you know that's our discipleship one-on-one -on -one program where we help people work through the basics of the Christian life, although it can be adapted to be not all that basic. But we talk about like issues of prayer in the, in the partners manual. And prayer is defined as taking a thought and directing it to God. That's how we narrow down the concept. And you say, well, isn't it communication with God? Yes, communication with God, though, makes people think about words expressed to God. And the problem is so often our words, we think when we've uttered words that we've prayed, when in fact, a lot of times I like to, I would like to, I don't do it very often, it would seem rude, but I'd like to stop people and say, you just said that in prayer, what do you mean by that? And I would guess, because I've been in this long enough, I would guess a lot of people would say, I don't know. I mean, it's just, those are prayer words, right? Lord bless those people. 
Lord, uh, you know, it just they say all kinds of things in prayer, and I don't want to mock or make fun of them, but they say all kinds of things in prayer, and I think, well, you don't even know what you're saying. But if I said, what did you just do? They'd say, I just prayed. But what did that mean? Well, I said these words, and I directed them to God. But if you don't know what you're saying, right, it's about content, it's about logical meaning, it's about you having a cogent thought and saying, God, I'm directing this to you. Of course, we utilize words usually in our thinking, not that we have to say them, to convey those, but if you don't know what they mean, then it's not prayer. Prayer has to be me with, with, with intent, taking my mind and saying, here, God, here's what I would like you to do. That's like in the suffering what I would normally do. Let your request be made known to God, to quote Philippians 4. I want to tell God what I'm thinking and what I'd like him to do. And over here in praise, I should be filling my praise with content, right? I should be saying to God, here's what I'm thankful that you did. All of this is an expression of a Christian knowing that God is involved in everything, whether it's a mediocre week, a terrible week, or a great week. God has brought me into the terrible circumstances I'm in, and God, here's what I'd like you to do now that I'm here. I had a mediocre week. Whatever's going on, it certainly includes the middle of this and the whole spectrum and everything in between. I want to acknowledge God. That's the whole point of the Christian life. I realize that God is ever-present in all things. I'm a person that should know, as Paul's going to say in Acts 17, which we'll get back to soon, I trust, Lord willing, we're going to look at, at Acts 17 where Paul is speaking to the Athenian philosophers and professors, and he says, in him we live and move and have our being. As Paul writes to the Colossians, right? In, in Christ, all things hold together, they consist. So God is involved in everything. We're not deists. We don't think God just set it up and just let it go. God is bringing everything into reality. He's actively involved. And I want to talk to the one who's actively involved in everything. And I should have in my mind an awareness of the truth that, that God is and that God is involved. And so how do I express that? How do I know that? How do I affirm that? How do I demonstrate that? I do that by talking to God because God is involved in it all. So the first point, let me word it this way. To summarize verse 13, which opens up this whole discussion about prayer, it really is showing us the spectrum of experience in life and how I'm supposed to be talking to God. I'm supposed to be communicating with God. I'm supposed to be expressing myself to God, okay? Let me just put it this way. You're not gonna like applaud after this, I'm sure. You're not gonna say, bring the bag back. I'm gonna put more money in the bag because this was amazing. It's very simple. And you can say, this guy went to seminary to teach us this. I understand, it's simple. But I wanna remind you of what we just said. This is what it means, right? Number one, pray all the time. Pray all the time. Uh, pray. Why, why is that profound? Because that's what Christians are doing. They're expressing the fact that they know that the thing that we cannot see with our eyes, we cannot hear with our ears, we cannot touch with our hands is real. It's that God exists, God created us, God sustains all things, and everything will come under the purview and evaluation of God at the end. God is God, he's involved, and he's here. So my prayer life is expressing that in, in, in specific ways. I am acknowledging God. If, if I don't do that, I'm forgetting the basics of, of the Christian life. Go to James chapter one. This is part of what starts the book, this, this description in chapter one, verse 17. Scroll up to James 1, 17. And that's the truth, but I guess I should start with verse 16 because that's the problem. We, we are deceived. We don't get it. We don't make the connection. Verse 16, James 1, 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. I love you, you're Christians, I love you, I, you're Christians, you're brothers, but, but you are, you're, you're missing something. I don't want you to miss this. What are they missing? Verse 17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down, not just from the sky, from the Father 
of all that's good, including the, 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 the lights, the, the sun, everything. He's, he's the provider of good. This is symbolic here of the good. God is a good God, father of lights, with whom there is no variation due or shadow due to change. He's not changed. He's in, invariable. He's, he's immutable. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Okay, he not only brought us forth in time, it's not like a, the deist would think, well, he set up procreation and we all got here because we just, it happens and that's just the rules of, of the game. It's that he's actively involved. He's creating every individual person. And then redemption, that's clearly what's in view here. He brings us to, to regeneration. He's actively involved. And you need to know every good thing. If I said, how was your week? He said, it was a great week. Really? Why? Well, here's the 18 things that happened that made it a good week for me, a great week. All of those things, the Bible says, Right? God is actively involved in it. And so proving my theism, proving that I'm a Christian, is expressed through me demonstrating that belief by saying, I'm talking to God about all those things. God, you did that. Thank you for that. The real concern of Moses when he brought the people into the promised land, or it was about to, right? He had to hand it off to Joshua to, to bring them in, was that you don't get there and the crops are, 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 are bountiful and your, calves are, your cows are calving and you've got all these great things happening. And you sit on your porch and you forget God. Do not forget God, because God is the one providing all these things actively for you. Not only getting you out of slavery, it's easy for you when you're suffering to call on God, but it's harder when you're prosperous or comfortable or it's just a mediocre week to even think about God. Don't forget God. Look at chapter four of James. James chapter four, he says something, and it's very difficult. It's hard for us to, pro to really process what he's saying, but we'll slowly read it and make sure we understand it. Starting in verse 13. Let's go from, from 13 to the bottom of the chapter. Come now, you who say, are you with me on this? James 4, 13. Tomorrow, I'm sorry, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town, spend a year there, and trade and make a profit. Now, come now, you who say, you know that we're going toward a rebuke. And if you read the Bible, you know this is, this is not a positive statement. And you're thinking, for what? Today or tomorrow, we're going to go into such and such a town, spend a year there, and, and, and trade and make a profit? You're telling me God is mad at Christians making business plans? This is crazy. You're about to rebuke someone saying, here's my plan for the next quarter? That just doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't make sense if you're thinking about the book of Proverbs and thinking about all the wisdom regarding planning. But guess what? All wisdom in the Bible about planning, about being diligent, about preparing, about Joseph storing up in silos, you know, seven years of, of crops in, in good years. What's understood in all of those narratives or all those didactic sections and understanding what the Bible says about the wisdom of planning? It cannot be devoid of your understanding of the fact that God is involved in all of it. And you don't get any of it unless God is involved in it. And so there's where he's going to lay into them. It's not what you said that he's about to rebuke them for. It's about what you weren't even thinking about when you made those plans. Verse 14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. Let's just stop right there. If the, Lord, if the Lord wants this, we'll do this. And that means I'm making a plan, and this is showing kind of what prayer is, is about as well. I'm, I'm recognizing that God can't, I mean, I can't make a plan and have it happen unless God is going to undergird this and make it happen. God is going to have to bring the profit that I'm planning. God is going to have to make these things happen. We can't plan to plan a church, right, and have it happen. I can't plan to go and do this thing or start the school or, or have a service. I can't do anything at all unless God is going to carry this out. I'm making a plan because I'm supposed to make a plan because it's wise and diligent to make a plan. But I have to, in my mind, say, but, but there's God, and God is involved in all of this. That's the concept that is expressed 
and proved and demonstrated the fact that I'm talking to God all the time. And, and he's saying, the problem is the absence of you even understanding that you won't even be alive tomorrow. Look after the comma here, middle of verse 15. If the Lord wills, comma, we will live. I don't even know if I'm going to be alive unless the Lord wills it. Or do this or that. And when it says you should say, again, I go back to my definition of prayer. It isn't just tacking on at the end of every sentence. Hey, I'll meet you for lunch. I'll meet you at the Olive Garden, if the Lord wills. You know, I'm not saying you have to say the words. But you better know, right? You're, you're not going to make it down there. You, you can't get two miles in, unless the Lord wills you to do that. Unless he protects you. Unless he enables you and sustains you. So you should be thinking, how would I even think about God in this if I, I should be talking to God all the time? It ought to be my, it ought to be like breathing. I, I'm going to talk to God all the time. Do you want to say the words? Great, say the words, but know what you're saying. I'm saying all this is dependent on God. But I'm not saying that and I'm not thinking that. So verse 16, how harsh does this sound? As it is, you're saying all these plans, but you're not even thinking about God involved. In As it is, you boast in your arrogance. Ouch. All such boasting is evil. I was just called an arrogant, boasting, evil person. Why? Because I forgot God. I didn't factor him into the equation. How do you factor God into the equation of everything you do? You talk to him. Now I know you should have those undistracted times where you close your head, you, you close your head. Close your eyes, you bow your head. You should do that. And you should extend those conversations. Like Jesus got up long before, before dawn. He went up while it was still dark into a mountain to pray. He went into a solitary place to pray. He says, you ought to go into your closet and pray. You ought to find a place without distraction, you ought to pray. Great, but then we get up, we get about our day, and we ought to be constantly praying. First Thessalonians 5, 17, right? Pray without ceasing, right? I'm praying all the time. I'm saying, I need to talk to God because God is involved in it all. He's involved in my planning. He's involved in the carrying out of the plans. And then when things don't go that way, God was involved in that. And now I'm gonna talk to him about getting, getting out of this or getting it corrected or amended or, or fixed or redirected. I gotta talk to God all the time. Pray all the time. You're listening to Focal Point and a message titled, Powerful Praying. You can listen to this message or any of our previous messages at focalpointradio.org. Earlier, Pastor Mike mentioned our Partners 101 Discipleship Program. Now, this 10-week discipleship program is designed to help churches or even small groups partner up mature believers with newer believers to help them grow in faith. The lessons focus on 10 key biblical themes Pastor Mike has identified to help you lead a more mature Christian life. To check out the Partners 101 Discipleship Program and more helpful resources, visit our homepage under Explore Scripture at focalpointradio.org. For 25 years, Focal Point has been anchored in the solid truth of Scripture. We're dedicated to training Christians how to follow Christ in today's topsy-turvy culture. And you can make a significant impact in this culture and in the lives of your fellow Christians when you give generously to Focal Point. As this tumultuous year comes to a close, we're asking our faithful listeners to help their fellow believers stand firm in their faith by giving generously. And as you can imagine, ministry costs, like everything else, continually rise. We need your support now more than ever. So please make your end-of-the-year donation today at focalpointradio.org or by calling us at 888-320-5885. That's 888-320-5885. And when you give, we'll send you the ultimate infographic guide to the Bible. 
Get historical and contextual insights to help you better understand Scripture. There are fascinating charts, graphics, and timelines to enrich your reading experience in each book of the Bible. Request the Ultimate Infographic Guide to the Bible when you get in touch with us at focalpointradio.org or by calling 888-320-5885. That's 888-320-5885. And we're offering a free gift to our listeners who contact Focal Point for the first time. It's a helpful booklet about how Christmas impacts the whole world called From Creation to Bethlehem. Contact us today and let us know you're listening at focalpointradio.org. Well, how's your prayer life? Would you call it powerful? Well, I'm your host, Dave Drewy, inviting you to join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Mike's message called Powerful Praying. That's coming up Thursday on Focal Point. Pastor Mike here. I pray today's message will help you live out your faith with truth and love. After all, that's the kind of biblical faith that changes lives and transforms a crooked culture. But if you haven't truly surrendered your life to Christ, then I'd like to invite you to get in touch. We'd love to pray with you and help you discover God's plan of salvation. Visit focalpointradio.org. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Focal Point Ministries.